Hey, welcome back. Like to uh, thank our new sponsor, uh, the uh, hand lotion cream. Yes, very dry. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't be able to hear this uh, if you if had, I had used Nugenics hand cream. <laughs> she'll like it too. I don't know. I don't know if that's a product they have or not, but I think they should diversify uh, their product line. It is uh, the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. I'm Mike. I noticed on uh, WMAY.com we're the too hot for radio podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they don't. So even the people at the radio station <laughs> don't know <laughs> the name, of the, the name of the thing that's on the they thing. They just know it's either too hot or too yeah. good for the yeah. radio. So it's, it's the don't... too good for radio podcast. Maybe they'll catch up. I don't know. Well, maybe they don't think it's good. Maybe they're just like, ah, it's just too hot for radio. Hot. Yeah, we can't put it on. It's just too hot because they talk yeah. about things like, you know, weird dreams and whatnot. So, so. subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Yes, and we appreciate uh, it. If you go over to the website, you won't be able to find it because it's, it's a different <laughs> it's name. It's a different name. <laughs> <laughs> too hot. Too good. I don't know. Just listen. We appreciate it. Uh, so last week, if you recall, Johnny, I shared with you the vivid dream I had oh, yeah. of Garrett, the kind of parrot, and how Garrett, who used sign language, died in that particular dream. It just so happens I have another story here about the death of parrots. Do tell. Uh, this one has silly names and a ridiculous way in which they died. This oh, happened. I, I am all over this. Yeah, this happened over in Europe here. <laughs> a balloonist who gave three valuable parrots a lethal heart attack by flying over their cages, has been told by the court in Den Bosch to pay the owner $55,000 in compensation. He flew over their cages? <laughs> so, so here we go. The birds literally died of fright when the hot air balloon, which was taking part in a competition in March of 2017, sailed by just 50 meters from their aviary and fired up the balloon's like main the, the burner. Gas. Yeah. Have you ever been under one when that happens? <sighs> it's crazy. I've because never because you don't know that it's up there. Right. I mean, true. they're silent. The noise of the blast caused the animals worth tens of thousands of euros. <laughs> yeah, this guy's guilty. So much stress that they expired. Wow. So, All three of them. So, so these three parents are in their own aviary, minding their own damn business. This guy is in, I don't know, some around the world in 80 days contest, <laughs> flies over, <laughs> parrots, I'd like to think in. that one parrot died, it freaked out the next parrot, which freaked out the third parrot. I'd, I'd like to think that's what happened, because I can't imagine they all three were startled to such a degree that they had a heart attack. The quote here is, parrots can die of acute heart failure and not because of any unexpected noise. They must have, they, this, this must have been some bang, yeah. zoo owner and parrot expert Richard Lumens told the Telegraph, the balloon company from Schnindel. Admitted the balloon had flown below the 300-meter limit designated for the zone, but contested that the parrots have, had died of stress caused by the balloonist's actions based on Vert's testimony. Mm. Alternative causes brought forward for the demise of the parrots were dismissed by the judge. The owner, uh, owner's claim was for 113,000 uh, euros to compensate for the loss of a yellow-napped Amazon worth $1,250 and a $40,000 pair of Hysenith macaws and any offspring they may have produced. So the cause of the macaws death was the was a balloon. All three, heart attack, dead. And now $55,000 owed to the, the parent owner because of future revenue he could have got from their offspring. How much is too much to spend on a to buy a pet? I don't think you should be allowed to own something that costs that much. You shouldn't pay twenty thousand euros for a macaw. No, 
Forty thousand euro for a pair of macaws is about, I would say, uh, thirty nine thousand too much. Five hundred bucks a pe- uh, a piece. Man, I mean, if they're that if they're that amazing and incredible, they shouldn't be in someone's house in a cage. Correct. If they're that expensive, why are they at an aviary where balloonists could just right. randomly fly over and kill them with heart attack? Yeah, they need to be with- a- <laughs> out in a jungle eating toucan Sam cereal or whatever. <laughs> they- Follow my nose. <laughs> it always knows. Because yeah, you're right. Because there's the the rash of French bulldog bull- uh, burglaries, right? Because those right. are going for like twenty grand. Yeah. That, that stops being a pet at that point. I think it's, so, yeah. it's, it, it's some type of investment. It's like a rare piece of like, art. Like like you come over and people, please put your gloves on before touching my French bulldog. Yeah. But really, it's an animal and it's going to crap on your carpet. Correct. Yeah. Just and, like any other one. And these parrots are going to you know. dump wherever they want to dump. Did they evacuate before the end? I don't know. Or were they? did they all talk and be like, crap, crap. <laughs> Once you get around like 78 bucks or something, that's a, that's a pretty... That's a high I'm, price for I'm a, with you. If to it's, own an animal. If it's not $50 from the animal shelter, yeah. I don't know if I want it. I don't I don't need a bunch of papers. I just want a pet. Or like when the governor buys a really expensive cow every year at the fair. Oh yeah, what's it he was, doing? It, 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 he never actually takes ownership of the cow. It's just it's some it's some stupid I don't know, fundraiser or something for some cow charity out there. I mean, at least with the cow, you know it's going to turn into a nice steak. I guess so. So, so yeah, so if uh, if you have yourself a parrot, make sure you never take them to a balloon launch because they'll die instantly of a heart attack. Like an animal. And, uh, you know, over the years, Johnny, we've liked to expand people's vocabulary. Yeah. And uh, you found an interesting thing from, is it Merriam-Webster yes. Dictionary? Because there's different ones now. I never know. There's like the online one and there's no, the Oxford English. No, that's the official one. They own they own all the words. Okay. So this is a, a collection of words that you can use for that certain person. You know, a collection of specific behaviors oh. and those who embody them. Okay. And some of these words we know, like if if, if, you, if someone is a bombaster. Oh, that's uh, a loud know, SOB. Yeah, they're just, they're pretentious and they're talking. And they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. Um, I think we know what a delusionist is or a fun maker. And yeah, that seems about right. Although I never heard anyone call the fun maker. Man, you are a one fun maker. Um, but you might uh, you might run into somebody who is a misologist. Misologist? That sounds yes. bad. It's very close to misogynist. I don't know if I want to be a misologist. No, you you might want. No, I think you are actually a misologist. Oh, great. Okay, I think, I think you might actually be. The misologist poster child. Oh, boy. Okay, I, what is a misologist? A hatred of argument. Yeah, I am. I am a very much... So anyone who says to each their own is a right. misologist. Yeah, and it goes on. It says a hatred of argument, reasoning, or enlightenment, which I think is... There's a lot of confliction Yeah, in there. there is. Yeah. Um, I'm all um, about reasoning and enlightenment. I just don't like to argue with people. Yeah. Uh, it's about certain things. Everyone has to hate something. Uh, the the misanthrope hates humankind. The misogynist uh, hates marriage, and the misologist hates argument, reasoning, or enlightenment. So there's a mixologist, a misogynist, and a misologist. They all walk into a bar, <laughs> and the misologist says, "To each his own." I didn't know that this was a legit word. Okay, but you Bring can actually you can actually be a budinsky. Really. I mean, my dad would always say that back. Stop being such a buttonski. I thought it was like the one you may vote for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
first time I saw her sign. It's like, really? That's her name? Budinsky? <laughs> hey, Budinsky. Yeah. You know what? That's who you want in government. Hey, by the way, point, point of parliamentary. No, pres- I'm sorry. <laughs> the Budinsky from Illinois does not have the floor. What? Pardon me, please. <laughs> it's my name. I can't help no, it. No, stop being. The Budinsky is not allowed to speak at this. Thing. Your time has expired, Miss Budinsky. <laughs> I think we all know what a Budinsky is, right? Yes, yes. Maybe you're senator, member for Congress, <laughs> but it's also someone who cuts people off. Someone right? who who uh, who bumps in, and uh, we cannot say he was the first to add the common element of some Slavic surnames, but the term "butt in." Uh, but we can tell you that the word has been in common use since the beginning of the 20th century. Um, yeah, I thought it was one of those things like yeah, just, you, 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 you just you, you like when when we started we were, like uh, during the Cold War everything like was, was, was a Ruski or right. or <laughs> a no, or no good Nick or uh, yeah. Uh, do you know somebody who is a persifluer? <sighs> persifluer, uh, boy, is that someone someone who coughs in your face, spreading the flu? Persifluer. This building, I think, at times is filled with persifluers. Oh, so people who think very highly of themselves? No, uh, people who are given to frivolous banter oh. and uh, and light conversation. I'm also a persifluer, aren't I? No, I don't think you are. No, no you're not a persifluer. I mean, I like to talk to people, but I, I, I don't do it just because. I yeah, guess it's not you. You don't you don't engage in light bantering. No, no, it's got to be substantive. Um, I I can probably occasionally be, you would hate a persifluer. I, I do hate persifluers. Yeah, uh, I'm I could occasionally though be uh, a logomachist. Okay, a, a logomachist. Logomachist. Uh, and that would be someone who uh, is given to arguing about words. Oh, I, yeah. kind of like what we're doing at this very moment. <laughs> exactly what we're doing. If you're a larkamist, you are given to weeping. <laughs> a larkamist. Yeah. Hey, hey, look at look at look at him over there. Look at Bruce yeah. over there. What a larkamist. Yeah. Everything always to tears with that guy. You don't want to take her to that Marley and Me movie. She's a real larkamist <laughs> and she is going to fall apart. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that at some point and be like, oh, god darn larkamist. Always crying at things. Uh thanks, Sarah McLaughlin and that commercial. What about a platitudinarian? Platitudinarian. You could be a platitudinarian. That seems like something would be from um that seems like something with Schoolhouse Rocks. Yeah. A platitudinarian is the... the. It's closely related to phrase maker, but it's perhaps more pr- prone to cliches. Uh, most uh, most football coaches are platitudinarians. <laughs> yes. They just exactly. speak in those, like, got to play hard, you yeah. know, didn't, wasn't able to finish the drive, you know, just got to give 110%. You know, it's like, uh, we played our best, but they played better today. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we can all, all we can do is take, take a one game at a time. Yes, exactly. Platitudinarian. That's platitudinarian. a lot of coaches. Yes. So that's, uh, that's your list of, if you need to call somebody something, uh, words for that certain person. See, you learn something with this podcast, including what each state's favorite swear word is. Nah, you don't learn shit here. <laughs> well, 15 <laughs> states think that's the best one. Oh, is that right? Uh, there's different ways to go about this. We could, you know, pretend we're still on the radio, but we're too hot for it, so I'm, fuck it, I'm just going to say this. <laughs> I'm going to say the words. Um, so, this is how they put together this survey. To find out which swear words are most popular across the country, they analyzed tweets from all 50 U.S. states and 320 cities. Okay. They collected data on a variety of the most commonly used profanities and variations of those words and matched them up with the tweet's location to see which places have the coarsest language. Interesting. So here are the interesting sample of just Twitterers. Yes. yes. So here were their key findings. Okay. Uh, obviously, fuck is America's most commonly used swear word with 11.62 uses for every 1,000 posts on Twitter. No kidding. Wow. 
that that that's a pretty sizable for dropping the f bombs. It is, but again, it's uh, remember the environment you're in there on that's Twitter. Twitter. You're yeah. already mad. Yeah, you're already effed if you're on yeah, Twitter, exactly for the most part. But that seems to be the one that that pops up the most. Okay. Yeah, with 48 curse words per 1,000 tweets, residents of Georgia use the use the most profanities of any U.S. state. 48 out of 1,000 tweets. Wow, so no Southern charm there. No, but swearing the least, Minnesotan nice. Oh, yeah. At only 15 per 1,000 tweets. That, that checks out. Minnesotan. Uh, Atlanta, 56 curse words per 1,000 posts is America's sweariest city. So that's where it gets really concentrated. So it's, it's, it's a lot in Georgia. Yeah, but then a lot you get Georgia. closer to Atlanta, it's really just they're, they're yep. turning the sky blue. And, of course, Minneapolis would be swearing the least. Okay. The other one is 15 states use shit more than any other swear word is the most uniquely popular profanity is shit. Uniquely popular. Yes. Okay. So on the breakdown for the rest of these, it's a lot of the F-bomb, a lot of uh, shit, and and it's interesting, it's done by geography, a lot of it. There's a couple of outliers, though, Okay. For Illinois and Indiana, it's not the F-bomb, it's motherfucker. Oh, okay. Is there, is there I was wondering one? if there was going to be variations. Yeah, All there's right. variations. Um, bitch is South Carolina and North Carolina's favorite. Mm-hmm. They use bitch a lot. Uh, also, Kentucky uses bitch more than any other one. Uh, hell is kind of interesting in that it's the Dakotas. That kind of and Nebraska make up hell okay. as as their favorite. Also in Minnesota, you get uh, a little bit of hell going on there. The biggest outliers to me because there's like damn is Arizona and Nevada and really, you know, some of these ones. I think if you're going to swear, you should go for the big one, right? The gusto. Yeah, I guess so. The, but the then, F- but then that's that's only a handful of words now. Yeah, the f bomb for me is also can be used in such a variety of different ways. Mm-hmm. It can be a verb. It can be a, you know adjective, whatever. Here are the two biggest outliers to me. Now, this is swear words, all right? In Iowa, their most popular swear... Now, granted, I guess it's just Twitter followers, so I guess this kind of plays out correctly. But their biggest swear word, their favorite in Iowa, is pussy. (laughs) Oh, interesting. That that's used the most. Yeah. Out of all the words we just described, hell, damn, shit, F-bomb, everything else... Pussy. Well, good for them for owning something. Yeah, for Iowa. I guess it makes sense because it's Twitter followers. The other one is Idaho. And Idaho, their swear word. Now, to me, this isn't a swear word. But their favorite swear word, according to this study that they did with the tw- with the tweets and everything else, is crap. Crap. Out of all the words you can use, the one that shows up the most in mm-hmm. Idaho is crap. Okay, so that's interesting to me because now I start to wonder then, is Minnesota really – because, yeah, you're right. Crap, hell, damn. Uh, yeah. not, you, 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 you choose when to, when to and when not to say that, certainly. Uh, it would be on a list of words. Yeah. But not a, not a, not a jolting word. No. None of those are. But, uh, but, but yeah, so, for so, Minnesota so you was hell. What? Oh, Minnesota was also hell. Yeah. Okay. So they get like hell, so hell and crap. Hell, crap, crap and hell. Damn, I think are okay. Damn, crap and hell. Damn, crap there and hell. Go. But you get the f bomb and you yeah. get the, the the shit. But then then all of a sudden the outliner of just pussy out of nowhere from <laughs> Iowa. 
just like I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, okay, that's a that's a, of, of all of them. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's an interesting one too. Yeah, because again, that one's really gotta you, you got to really be cranked up for that one to come flying out. I mean, you've really got to be mad at somebody. The only one worse, I think we all know, is a variant of that one, and I think even that one to me, right. As much as I as I swear, I don't, I don't swear a ton in my mm-hmm. day to day, but sometimes I find myself swearing more than I probably should. But that word, the variant of that word, yeah, I don't use to, either of those vaginal words. <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> I don't use vaginal variations. But if you do, Nugenics, she'll like it too. That's interesting. It's interesting how often British people use that one, the c I, word. Yes, uh, and and for some reason it works. Like when Ricky Gervais does it. Uh, it's it just I don't know I don't know why I will, like, oh yeah that's uh, that's something Ricky Gervais says I will say this too watching Train Spotting with all the ra- the just the drug use everywhere in Train Spotting and all the ridiculousness the thing that threw me off the most was the Begbie using your hard c word yeah and I go what yeah, yeah, like yeah. that that's that, interesting yeah so I, that that didn't show up anywhere thank goodness okay thank goodness and but, none of the penile words show up either no no no. I, but is that like I feel like that falls into crap and and everything else like you dick, like hell yeah. damn crap dick, you know whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think dicks on a different level than crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mm, yeah yeah. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna screw if I get if I stub my toe. I'm not gonna say ah oh, dick. Yeah. I'm gonna say oh crap if I stub my toe. But I mean yeah. I mean I think it's I think it has a little more energy behind it than than hell and damn. Yeah, I think you got to be cranked up to partner cranked up to say, call someone another word for crank for dick. So there you go. Those are the uh, the swear words in Iowa. You're weird with your pussy, but you know whatever yeah. to each to each his own. Because I'm a massologist or whatever the hell it is. Clearly you are. Uh, clearly I am. Uh, you found a interesting list. We love lists here with the Mike and Molson Two Goof Radio podcast. And you found an interesting one. So you know you see something that has the headline of the twelve undisputed best comedy movies of all time. That's you sit there and go, man, are you? Wow, you're setting yourself you up for a really, lot. Yeah, and, undisputed. And this person acknowledges that. Uh, however, this isn't a bad list. Ooh. There are certainly ones. I mean, there are certainly movies missing from here, but... The fact you say it's not bad when it said it's could, undisputed. You could probably pretty easily grab any one of these and enjoy yourself. Okay. I think that... And, and they're not in any particular order. I don't... No, they're not in any particular order. Okay, but these... Okay, I understand. that. Just the 12 best. The yeah. 12 undisputed best comedies of all time. Is that yeah. what they say? Okay. Yeah. Lay Which, them on me. Again, always seems like it's a, it's a lot. But they start off with... They go way back to the classics and start off with the Marx Brothers' A Night at the Opera. Don't think you can complain with that. I mean, Absolutely. that's quintessential. One of their best ones. And, uh, um, and, and kudos and, to whoever's putting together this list to include that. I yeah. think sometimes you don't realize the comic genius oh, yeah. uh, of the Marx Brothers, and even of the of the three studios from back in the day. It's just the dynamics right. of those. Like, you, you turn those on, and you see black and white, and a lot of people just go, eh. But there is so much great it's, timing yeah, in those. It's smart. It's funny. It's, uh, it's really good. Uh, next up comes the Blues Brothers. Can't complain. Love hard, hard to deny the Blues Brothers. Yeah, hard to deny that one. That was one of my dad's favorite movies. I, absolutely. When you try to show that to someone, though, let me ask you this about the Blues yeah. Brothers. If it's if you're showing it to someone who did not grow up or has no point of reference of Chicago, is it more difficult for them to enjoy it? N- no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it certainly has extra charm if you're from Chicago, without a doubt. 
uh, because you know all those people. Um, but I think it works. I think it works in you know Tucson. Okay, yeah, because uh, when I showed it to my wife, who you know didn't didn't visit Chicago before we got together and everything else. It was hard for her to really enjoy it as much. Hmm, interesting, um, as as my family did, because obviously growing up in the burbs, you might bristle at this one, uh, and it made me kind of cock my head a little bit. But I can't, I can't deny it's it's a good when Harry met Sally, a quintessential rom com, probably. Yeah, right? yeah. If you're going to put a rom com in there, that's that's yeah, probably of, the one of you do. The... And of, it is a funny movie. Rob Correct. Reiner. I mean, it, it, Billy Crystal. It's hard to. It's hard to go. And it has the iconic scene, right? Yeah. Of the I'll have what she's having. It's right? got a lot but, of funny yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't put it on my undisputed of all time, but I get why it's in there. But you could pull it off the shelf, watch it, and enjoy the movie. True, probably. Uh, Money Python and the Holy Grail. Oh yeah, that that one is a classic for a reason. And I'll say that this list comes from a website called The Manual, which is a men's oh, okay. style kind of a, a website. So it might lean it's it's going to lean little, a little more into the into the yeah, silly. Yeah, because yeah, because the the Holy Grail is a kind of a niche film, but I still but I still feel it works. Yeah, Python, Stooges, I mean that stuff that stuff like that is going to be uh is going to lean a little bit. All right, male. so far nothing on this to- top 12 list that I would say bad choice doesn't deserve to be on there. Uh Tommy Boy. I love it. I, it's Farley. It's yeah. fat guy in a little coat. Yeah. I mean, come Farley, on. Farley, Spade. Yeah. Uh, Peter Segal writes Yankees. It. I mean, it's great. Another one kind of in that same genre and almost the same movie, just with different people in it, is Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. See, Dumb Funny and movie. Dumber, Dumb and Dumber to me, does. I'm not a Jim Carrey guy, mm-hmm. so it doesn't strike accord with me that it would be in my top 12 but once again i'm not going to dispute it being in there like i'm not going to say oh that doesn't deserve to be in the top 12 comedies of all time i still haven't heard the whole list right there's some i'm in my back of my head that are that are not there yet but continue another one that goes back to the classics and um and one again that people might turn their nose up at because it's old and it's black and white and it's old actors but often tops lists of best comedies is the uh, Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis, and Marilyn Monroe in Some, Some Like It Hot. Yeah, just just the whole premise um, of that one is fantastic. And truly a funny, funny movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, really just a lot of just uh, great moments in there. Uh, 1980s Caddyshack shows up on this one. That Yeah, that is one of the, the all-time classics for me. Is j- j- Rodney Dangerfield is so good. Mm-hmm. There's so many like underrated performances in Caddyshack of like... Ted the Knight ca- and Chevy yeah, Chase. Yeah, right. exactly. And of course, Bill Murray and, and and Chevy Chase in such an interesting role for him because mm-hmm. uh, he plays it so straight. Yes. He just plays it, it right down the middle. Exactly. Uh, and and just has this kind of cool cucumber, but that's why it works so well because it's that's just, the it's beauty such, of such that. Foil yeah. To everything else. Yeah. Um, once again, going going back to, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure an Academy Award winner, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick with Peter Sellers, George C. Scott, uh, Doctor Strangelove. See, never seen that one, uh, but I know the historical kind of significance of it, so I'm not mad at it being on the list. And again, that's one that you you might not reach for because you okay, it's 1964, it's black and white, it's Stanley Kubrick, which is always weird. Yeah, uh, but it is a funny, funny movie. Well, Peter Sellers was yeah. uh, was fantastic. When it comes to comedy, uh, I am delighted that this one is on the list because it almost always gets overlooked. Carrie Fisher, Bruce Dern, Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, 
Oh. The Burbs. My wife loves that movie. I have never seen it. I have never seen The Burbs, but my wife absolutely loves and that film. And it always film. pops up on these lists of, what the hell was Tom Hanks doing doing The Burbs? It was such a, you know. Uh, but it is, is ridiculously funny. It is okay. ridiculously funny. Is the Money Pit on there? Uh, no, the Money Pit's not on there, but, uh, but another one with uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, vacation. The first Yo, vacation. Oh, God, movie. yeah, yeah. When he punches uh, the, the moose. John Candy underrated in that one, too. You're right. You're very right. Yeah, John Candy's uh, fantastic in there. Um, and 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 it, it wraps up with uh, probably, the, probably top of the list of cult classic comedy movies, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, I mean, that's an acquired taste one. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I know there's a lot of people who don't get that humor. It's very... Dare I say avant-garde? Yeah, with it's a the, Coen Brothers kind yeah. of a thing, so it's always it's always a little weird. Um, and, and it's one of those things where I think I enjoyed the movie before it became this the thing. thing to do. Right, I would agree. So, so I like the movie. I hate the movie's fans. fans. Correct. That's how I, I feel I've about Jimmy Buffett. It's like Jimmy Buffett, probably fine, nice guy, singable songs, but the fans absolutely kill it. You, you know how much I hate Jimmy Buffett. I'm at the grocery store. More than I hate the Eagles? Yes. Okay. Well, prob- stop me if you would on do par. this. Okay. Yeah, on par. Because I'm at the grocery store, and I see, it, it was some, I think it was some type of shrimp, like frozen shrimp thing or whatever, and it looked like really good, like a, I don't know, coconut, lime, or whatever, and I went to grab it. It was on sale, like mm-hmm. $2 off. I'm like, oh, we'll give it a try for a dinner, and I saw... Oh, at Margaritaville, uh, and I said, "I said, f that! I'm not giving Jimmy Buffett money." Right. And gonna, I put it back, and I, ref- a dime. Yeah. I refused to buy it just because it was Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville. I uh, I think that's uh, I think that's right. So if you that, had like if the Eagles had their own brand of potato chips, absolutely, no way in hell yeah. are you giving them any money. A, if there was a chain of hotels that were run by the Eagles, <laughs> hell no. Uh, <laughs> um, as I'm far, not staying there. As far as that list go of the the one of the twelve, what is a, a un. Undisputed. Undisputed. Undisputed best comedies. I think there's a lack of John Candy on there. I think you have sure. to put like Uncle Buck. I would put maybe Planes, Trains, and Automobiles mm-hmm. on there. And, and in place of one of them, like those two are really good movies. Yeah, I could I could Stripes. easily. I could easily like uh, reach in here and swap a bunch of these. I could swap all 12 out probably. Um, but, but there's nothing that was too heinous. But nothing here. It, it, and it's rare to find a list where you go. That one kind of works. And I like that they stayed away from a recency bias. Like, no offense True. to The Hangover. I like The Hangover, but I don't... Like, The Hangover is going to, I think, just exist in its own time frame. Right. And I think that making the two sequels really took away the thunder of the original Hangover. Because you have such a bad taste in your mouth of the subsequent sequels that sometimes you don't care for the first one. You know, that's interesting. And there, I, I would say there are probably a couple of movies on here that, uh, that like, I think in its time, Caddyshack was kind of a hangover-type movie where it had its audience, and he was like, eh. And then as as it, as time went, it's like it, it, still, it still works, and it still lives, and you can go back and watch it and, yeah. and enjoy it. Uh, and so maybe, you know, 20 years from now, hangover we'll see. will be, will be and like I, that. And I would throw out Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah. the original Anchorman was pretty damn yeah, funny Yeah, there's, well. there's, there's definitely another dozen you could put on here, uh, but... A workable list. Yes, congratulations not, to them. Which is not often you find that. That is congratulations to them. And finally, here on the two, we're going to call this one too hot because yeah. you know it's already not safe for work with the uh, swear word thing. This story from Ask Reddit is, uh, or this question, I should say, what is the funniest interruption you've had during sex? It's usually a pet. 
Yes. So I, I will go first here real quick. Um, situation going uh, happening between me and she was my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. I had a couple of cats, and I don't know. I don't know if my toe was hanging out of the sheets or what was going on, but the cat kept trying to attack. It Snack, kept, yeah. it kept, it kept jumping up onto the bed, and that can lead to major issues when things are going on. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want a personal injury, or I don't want someone being scratched or anything like that. Like I'm like, no. So as things are going on, I, I then, I, I kick the cat up into the air. <laughs> because it was on the bed, so I fling it. And so in the silhouette of the beauty that is my wife, there you see the cat just fly up mm-hmm. and over her shoulder. Then la- she does, obviously in the midst of things, she's not seeing it. Oh, yeah, you were doing a great job. Yeah. She, was, she was in another world. <laughs> and so doesn't see anything, but all like I it was so difficult for me not to laugh because of the absurdity of the visual of the cat and the cat took that as get the hell out. So mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't jump back on after that after I punted it into the air, but that could have led to many different injuries and problems yeah. in that particular. So to me that was the funniest interruption I've ever had. Yeah, we had a cat that I think was kind of a pervert. Oh. Because it seemed to always, it would show up, and the headboard was sort of like a, a, a headboard with a shelf, you know, could put oh, books okay. and, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. And so it would stand on the headboard, and just kind of like a gargoyle, just <laughs> sit there and watch. Oh, that is much worse. You know, and so you kind of you glance over, it's like, dude, you know, come on. Come on, on. we're I wonder what pets there. think when that's going on. Well, yeah, I think sometimes, I, I've heard of, like, dogs attacking right. because they think someone... <laughs> Because of the screams and everything else, someone's being attacked. Yeah. So they jump into action. Um, and I think most parents probably have a story with the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, never. Once I got to lock that door. Yeah. Never, uh, never got caught, but there was a, there, there was a, at least a question. Like, I think somebody came in the room and, what you guys doing? doing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Hugging. You know. Pets are so weird because <laughs> I remember, you know, you're trying to use the restroom when you have a cat. And they, yeah, I would sit down and have my private time because I'm definitely close the door. Sure. And the cat, for some reason, would always reach under the damn door. It's like, you didn't want any part of this room until I'm using it for yeah. purposes. And now, all of a sudden, it, you, you won't leave me alone. Like, it's get out of here, you weirdo. Yeah. Um, I lived somewhere where the, the bathroom door would close, but it wouldn't fully latch. Oh, no. Um, and so the cat, it was so bizarre because the cat would walk by and just push the door open. Oh, no. It's like, hey, no closed doors in this house. <laughs> You're like, no, trust me. In this uh, particular time, you want that door closed. And so, yeah, it wasn't like it was trying to get in. It would just it would just walk by, push the door open, and then keep walking. Like, hey. <laughs> what are you doing on. here? No secrets. <laughs> weirdos. Cats are cats weirdos. Are weird, yeah. Yes, cats are weird. Appreciate everyone listening in. I hope you learned something from uh, today's episode. Yeah, this is this is a share-worthy episode. It really is. So share it, like it, subscribe, and either search Too Good or Too Hot, whatever mm-hmm. the hell they want to call it, yeah. uh, and find it where you find your podcast. And get some Nugenics, because she'll like it, too. <laughs>